the versatility of the worship team. Man, I don't know if any of you guys uh, saw the story uh, last night. It just came out. Uh, the Rolling Stones have got a new con- a world tour starting uh, later uh, in in April. And Mick Jagger's got some kind of health problem, so uh, they're going to have to delay it right now. I mean, he is 75 years old and just about to embark on a new uh, world tour. But, uh, man, thank you guys. Uh, as you can probably tell, we're starting a new series this morning. It's actually uh, what I'm calling our spring break couplet, okay? So we've got two messages uh, today and next Sunday um, that, that I'm going to be sharing with you in a series called I Can't Get No. And uh, we're going to be talking about finding satisfaction in a fallen world. And this morning is, is part one. Have you ever wondered why contentment is so elusive in this world? That it seems to be just out of our reach and, and, and it's never lasting when we, when we seem to catch up to really what we're after. Um, Keith Richards and, and Mick Jagger, a couple of the best looking men today that you will ever bump into. Um, they wrote the lyrics uh, to I Can't Get No Satisfaction in 1965. That is the year that I was born. And so you can do the math. Um, it's a long time ago. Um, but the truth in those lyrics is timeless. Is timeless. I try and I try and I try, as Mark just saying, but I can't get no satisfaction. They echo the reality that there is a place in every human heart that will never find fulfillment in this world. Did you know that? There is a place in your heart that will never be fully fulfilled this side of heaven. No matter what you do, no matter what you have, no matter what you accomplish in this life, there is a desire within you that nothing, nothing this side of heaven can satisfy. No other person can fill that void. No amount of money, no exotic vacation, no drug, no drink. Nothing can scratch that itch. No matter how good life is, no matter how great your marriage is, no matter how awesome your kids are, how many killer vacations you go on, how much money you make, there is a part of your heart that will never be satisfied. C.S. Lewis, um, probably my favorite author of all time, uh, wrote about this very thing in his own life. And this is the conclusion that he came to. He said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Man, life can be good here, this side of heaven. But it will never be good enough to satisfy your soul. Only God can do that. We were created for more than four score. 
The one with the most toys at the end doesn't win because there is no end. King Solomon put it this way. He said that God has set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Fundamental to living in this fallen world is the fact that we will never be fully satisfied here. God has placed within us a desire in each human heart, a desire that nothing in this world can fulfill. That's why the search for satisfaction, the search for significance outside of God ultimately results in emptiness and separation from its source. Yes, Stephen mentioned uh, the stakeout Wednesday night. We had a, a phenomenal time uh, with the guys. We had a big crowd here. Um, our topic uh, for this particular stakeout was lies men believe and the truth that sets them free. And one of the greatest lies of the enemy is that you can find lasting contentment and satisfaction in this world. Man, that's what pushes us. That's what drives us to keep reaching for it, thinking that it's just out of our reach, but we're going to catch up to it here. But that's an age-old lie, a lie that got us into this mess in the first place. Back in the garden, the enemy comes and he says, you know, you go ahead, take a bite of that apple. You don't need God. You can be your own God. Adam and Eve had access to every perfect thing in the garden. They had everything they needed. It was paradise. Yet one thing that God said not to touch, they had to have. The fruit of that tree wasn't a need for Adam and Eve. It was a what? It was a want. And the pursuit of that want brought the whole thing crashing down. And we've seen that pattern played out over and over again in the history of men. We buy the lie that what God has given us is not enough. And we keep reaching for more. Robert Wolgamuth, the author of the book Lies Men Believe, put it this way. He said, the poverty we feel isn't the gap between what we have and what we need, but the gap between what we have and what we want. Let that sink in for a minute. Do you have everything you need? Do I have everything that I need? Honestly, most of us have far more than we need. If you've got food in the refrigerator, if you've got clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and $10 in your pocket, you are better off than 75% of the world's population. You know, I was curious this week, and so, you know, I'm familiar just in preaching for, for years, you know, sort of the statistics in the United States and, and where everybody falls. But I thought, you know, how, how does this stack up around the world, you know, with, 
with, with income and wealth and things of that nature, and I was staggered by what I found. If you make $35,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. Now, we think about the 1% in this country. That's a whole different story. Okay. But when you broaden it to the entire world, now a lot of the communities that we work in, these folks make $2 a day. And when you look at the population of the world, if you make $35,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. If you have a net worth of $770,000, okay, that's equity, whatever you own, whatever you've saved, all that. If you have a net worth of three quarters of a million dollars, you are in the top 1% worldwide in terms of wealth. And that'll give you some perspective, won't it? And our suburban discontent almost always rises out of what we want, not what we need. Our lack of satisfaction with our lives has little to do with not having what we need. We buy the lie that material things can satisfy, that another person can fill the gaping hole in our heart, that contentment is just one job away or one pay scale higher. But when we get there, the carrot just seems to remain out of reach. How many of you have experienced that? How many of you figured that out? It's always just beyond our reach. That ultimate satisfaction that we're looking for, it cannot be found here. Discontent most often rises out of what we want not what we need. And Paul reminds us in Philippians of an important promise. Paul said this. He said, God will meet all your what? God will meet all your needs according to His riches in glory. That's His promise. But there's the gap between what we need and what we want. And discontent lies right in the middle of those two things. As human beings, we were wired to seek what will satisfy. And say, wait a minute, God created me like this? God created me to, to be in this hot pursuit of fulfillment and what's going to satisfy me? Absolutely. God put us in this mess. God created us like this. But he actually put that desire in us for a purpose. And that purpose is that we would seek and find him. He's placed eternity in the hearts of men. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said this. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. God put that in us. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That's another promise. It's one that I've struggled with many times in, in my life. I don't know about you. It's like, golly, Pete, Lord, ask and it will be given according to His will, not my own. According to what I need, not what I want. It is a promise, and that promise stands. Our problem comes when we knock on the wrong doors. Amen? Let me ask you something this morning. 
What doors are you knocking on to try to find fulfillment in your life, to try to find contentment in your life, to try to find satisfaction? Let me share a few passages of Scripture with you. Jesus said this in the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. Knock on that door. For they will be filled. King David, for he, God, satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul he fills with good things. God and God alone satisfies. David said this. He said, Lord, you will make known to me the path of my life in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. In Him, and in Him alone, there is only one place in life where ultimate satisfaction is guaranteed. And that is in a surrendered relationship with Jesus Christ. He is our access to the Father. He is the door. He is the path that leads us to what we need most. And that is a relationship with God. That will ultimately take us to the place where we are as He is, the Scripture says. Where we are glorified, filled completely with all that God wants us to be because we're filled completely with His Son. Our fallenness fades into His righteousness. And our emptiness disappears into Jesus' fullness. Jesus declared this. He said, I, I, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Do you believe that? It's hard to live that way in our culture today. We've got so much coming at us. Honestly, the strategy of the marketing machine that, 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 that is just surrounding us, the, the entire strategy of it, the, the entire strategy of social media and everything that we're taking in is to make us feel like we don't have what we need. And it's hard to fight that because that's what they're after so that we'll buy what they've got. Jesus said, I, I'm the only one that can give you what you need. I'm the bread of life. Let me ask you something. Are you content in Christ? Or are you still searching for something more? One day I am. <laughs> the next day I'm not. part and parcel of living this side of heaven. Even our churches today are all about bigger, better, further, faster. I actually took those words and those phrases from some of the best-selling Christian books right now. Bigger, better, further, faster. Think about that. Think about that. And as the church, we don't need to point people to bigger, better, further, faster. We need to point people to Jesus Christ where the rat race ends. And true life begins. 
Jesus said this. He said, man, for the pagans run after all those things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He's talking about a roof over our heads, clothes and food and, and the necessities of life. He says, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and God will take care of all the rest. He'll provide what you need according to His riches and glory. The writer of Hebrews put it this way. He said, be content with what you have. Why? Because God has said, I'll never leave you. Everything else can leave you. Everything else can disappear. Your wealth, your material possessions, your health, your life physically can disappear. That's why be content with what you got because God said, I'll never disappear. I'll never leave you and I will never forsake you. Find your satisfaction. Find your contentment in Christ. Discontent is a disease of the fall. It entered the picture in Genesis chapter 3. The enemy uses it to leave us envious and empty. And the machine of this world cooperates with him in that. And we must stop looking to anything but Jesus Christ to satisfy our souls. Everything else falls short. And I don't know about you, but I've had to learn that lesson over and over and over again in my life. And I'm still learning that lesson. And each time that I have to learn it, I'm reminded and I am humbled by these words. And I want to close with these words this morning. Would you just soak this up for a moment? God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. How satisfied are you in Christ? And there is no better way for us to glorify God with our lives than to find contentment in Christ. And where we fall short, which we always will, this side of heaven, of being fully satisfied, we continually seek, we continually ask, we continually knock for Him to fill that place in our hearts. That's the journey that we're on. The Christian life is all about becoming more and more like what? Jesus. It's not about anything else. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Fixing our eyes on Him. Letting Him be our example. That we might one day be as He is. Full. Complete. Perfect satisfied and we're on a journey to get there you know salvation has three stages justification that's when you're declared not guilty before the father when you surrender your life to christ you acknowledge jesus death on the cross his work on the cross for your sin you receive him you're forgiven you step into his righteousness that's justification the gavel comes down in heaven and god says you're you're not guilty 
I don't hold your sin against you. And the moment we do that, we step into what's called sanctification. And that's the process that we'll be in until we are face to face with Jesus. That sanctification is simply becoming more and more like him. Becoming more and more satisfied in him. And then there will come a day when either Jesus returns or we pass away. Our bodies, our physical bodies die and we are face to face with him. And that's called glorification. And we will be perfect and there will be no emptiness in us. There will be no desire remaining. We will have arrived. But not until that day. We won't arrive here. That's what keeps us churned up. Because really, sometimes in our heart of hearts, we believe we can. We believe we can have enough money. We believe we can take our relationships to a level that they can fully satisfy us. No other human being, no other human being can fulfill the need that God has placed in your heart. Only He can do that. And we're unfair to others when we put that burden on them. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied is in Him. And if you want to glorify God with your life, let Him be enough. You don't have to work yourself to death in the church. You don't have to give 50% of your income to the kingdom. I mean, we're all about that, but that doesn't glorify God necessarily. God is glorified. God is most pleased when He is enough for us. That's what He's after. And so as we close this morning, I just want to challenge you to be satisfied with the breath and the life that God has given you. And rest in Him. Rest in in Him. It's one of the most difficult things to do in our culture today, even in our church culture sometimes. It's to allow Him to be enough. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank You for the life that You've given us. We thank you for the air that we breathe. We thank you for the fact that, uh, Lord, you knew us before we took shape in our mother's wombs. Lord, that you had a plan and a purpose for our lives uh, before the foundation of the world. That you see our lives from beginning to end. That you're outside of space and time. and, And, Lord, you watch that plan that you put into place roll out. And Father, I pray today that uh, we could move our hearts and our eyes, and it takes your Holy Spirit within us to do that, that, that we could move to a place of having an eternal perspective. That this life is not all there is, Lord, because when we live like this life is all there is, we live frantically to try to get all that we can out of it. But Lord, the best is yet to come. And you've promised to meet our needs. And we receive that promise today. 
And, Lord, as difficult as it is in this culture that surrounds us, I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to find our fulfillment, to find our, our satisfaction in you and in you alone. And that is a work, Father, we acknowledge that only you can do in us. And we pray for that work to be done. In Jesus' name, amen.